Welcome to this Faith Builders Church live stream. I am so pleased to be here with you uh, this evening. I hope you're enjoying your Christmas uh, holiday. In fact, I hope you're enjoying your Christmas holiday. I uh, play with people out in public and, you know, they'll wish me a Merry Christmas and I'll look at them and I'll say, I wish you a Merry Christmas. So uh, as you're celebrating, I hope you're uh, celebrating Christ and I hope you're uh, bringing that influence into this beautiful season that we're experiencing together. I'm going to conclude this series uh, about the supernatural power of the gospel this evening and I uh, hope you've really enjoyed this series. I know I've enjoyed uh, providing it to you. There's so much out there uh, that is in many ways uh, contrary to the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. And so especially during this Christmas season, I want to make sure that we're really uh, bringing you this truth uh, so that you can really begin to understand what you're celebrating in this season as well. I want to uh, open with uh, a scripture this evening, and that scripture is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 5. It said, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there's going to be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing in many cases at God disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. Sounds like maybe some of your Christmas dinners that you may be experiencing during this season. It says they'll be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They'll be reckless, be puffed up with pride. And love pleasure more than, than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. The Bible says stay away from people like that. Now, I'm not encouraging you to stay away from your, your family and your friends. But what I do want to really talk about is the fact that there are difficult times that people are facing. And too many times... The, what they're facing, they're following the control of their sinful nature rather than the very power that could make them like God. And the reason that you can become like God is not because you're, you know, some superhuman or whatever. It's because of the influence of the supernatural power of the gospel, which institutes the power of the Spirit on the inside of the believer. We talked about this a lot last week about how there's this control that you can have, you know, the control of the Spirit of God, or you can have the control of that sinful nature. And I'll tell you, there are, there's fruit to be born um, one way or the other. And this is where we as Christians really need to say, okay, am I, am I, am I focusing on the problems? Am I considering... What God has done unsacred, uh, and when I say that, I say that from the perspective of that you know I, I I go to church and I pay my tithes and you know I make my make sure my kids you know know Christ, but I reject the power that could really bring into my life the reason or the cause 
uh, of the supernatural power of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ into my life. There's nothing more powerful. There's nothing uh, that you'll ever experience in this life or in the life to come that has greater power than the supernatural power of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. We've gone through scripture after scripture over the last several weeks and importance of a let, letting or allowing the Holy Spirit to have influence in your life, taking that, that, that permission now to a whole nother level and allowing the Holy Spirit to have control in your life so that the sinful nature no longer has control in your life. There are times in our lives where we really need to uh, allow the control of the Spirit to, to lead us and to guide us, particularly when we fall short of the glory of God. You know, you are not uh, able to, to live a life without sin. The Bible is very clear. It says anyone who says that they're without sin is of the devil. So that's the sinful nature that would have that pride that this Scripture is talking about. Say, well, I don't sin. I don't, you know, I don't do bad things. I don't do these things and, and so on and so forth. But in truth, we are all falling short of the glory of God. And we need to allow ourselves permission to allow the Holy Spirit to have that control even in our sinful state. Too many people want to run away from God and then they end up in all of these uh, uh, bad circumstances and, and the sacredness of what Christ has provided to us you know, becomes of no effect and we just allow the sinful nature to, to, to drive deeper and deeper inside of us uh, when all we really need to do is flip our attention or flip our, 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 our focus on, hey, Holy Spirit, I, I, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I, I know I can do that through the power of, of, of the influence of, of the finished work of Jesus Christ and that supernatural power of the gospel in my life. And, you know, now that I've, I've asked for your forgiveness, Father, you know, I just, I come and I, I ask for you to restore me, you know, back back to having the, the influence and the control of the Spirit so that this, this sinful nature that wants to toss me to and fro with every you know, little thing uh, no longer has the influence or control in my life that I'm experiencing. You know, we read a scripture a few weeks ago that says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. There is conviction, but there is no condemnation. And so condemnation in and of itself can really become something that's more focused on our sinful nature rather than the sacredness of the supernatural influence and power of the gospel. I want to read another scripture for you. It's found in Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to read 18 and 20. It says, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him reconciled everything, including you, to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. I want to go back to a part of the scripture that I read, but sometimes you can read this and you miss really what God's talking about. 
it says right here in, in verse 19, it says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live, hallelujah, in Christ when he was here on this earth. You see, it's the influence of the supernatural that, that God filled Christ with. And because Christ filled Jesus, the Word, with his will, I'm telling you, that was the catalyst for the supernatural power of the gospel to begin to be unleashed. We talked about this a little bit last week and how, you know, Adam sinned and then there was separation between man and God for the first time. And then Jesus shows up and gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. And from that moment on, he begins to do all the miracles, the signs and the wonders. You know, Jesus on his way out appears to his disciples and he says, listen to me. He says, I'm going to go to my father and when I do, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to fill you. So I want you to go wait in the upper room and when, when you do, the Holy Spirit is going to come into your life. That is when the miracles, that's when Peter and all these great uh, uh, men and women of God, they got filled with the power of God. That, that was a supernatural event that continues to happen for everyone who receives the finished work of Christ. And the more we can understand that, the more we can walk in the fullness of who we are in Jesus Christ. And that we can begin to understand that even Christ himself needed to be filled with God. As a man filled with God, reinstituting the presence of God inside of mankind. That's what Jesus really accomplished. And that's where the supernatural nature of the gospel of Jesus can begin to take over and take control of your life so that it's no longer you who's living, but it's the Christ that lives within. It's the anointing and the anointed one that made a way where there seemed to be no way to allow us to become the temple of the Holy Spirit where the Spirit dwells and, and where your spirit, like we talked about a few weeks ago, bears witness with the Holy Spirit. All of this was predicated on the fact that God filled Christ with the Holy Spirit. And, so, and, and, and then when Christ fulfilled everything, he made a way for God to reinstate the Holy Spirit back into mankind. And that's where we are today. That's where God wants to do this. He wants you to see the sacredness of that, not just in, in, in being able to articulate it, but in, in allowing it to have the influence and the control in your life to fulfill the purposes of God through your life. Life's not about all the, the ups and the downs. Life's not about, you know, how good I am or how bad I am. Life is all about having faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And you know what? That's not a license for you to go out and do you know, things that, that are contrary to God's will for your life. You need to be obedient. You need to, you know, to do everything you can do. And knowing that even what you're doing is going to fall short of the glory of God, that the grace of God will cover the rest for your life. That's what this Christmas season is all about. Merry Christmas, Merry anointed and anointed one who made a way for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit through the supernatural power of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what we're celebrating. 
nothing more, nothing less, because there is nothing more. Thank God for what he has done through Jesus Christ. Let's read 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12 through 20. It says, you, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must become a slave. I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. And the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by His power or His anointing or by the supernatural nature of the gospel, just as He has raised the Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say, the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. The Bible says, run from sexual sin. No other sin clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is the sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Now, this is talking about sexual immorality, but there are many ways to commit immorality as well. And so if we're not careful, we could even adopt something that's short of the gospel. We could accept religion into our lives that tells us we have to do everything right, even though we know we can't. And we can begin to bring that into our life. Well, whatever you're going to bring into your life, you've got to understand that you are either of the nature of God or you are the, of the nature of sin. There's no in-between here. And so you've got to really begin to understand that, you know what? I am not my own. I have been bought with a price. When I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior... I received the power or the influence and control of the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide me in all paths of truth, which is the gospel. It's going to lead me to the best outcomes for my life because the outcomes are not predicated any longer by my sinful nature or my human reasoning of what I want and what I don't want, but it's predicated on me submitting to the control of the Holy Spirit, which was there when I was created. And I, as I do that, I am actually being influenced by the gospel. This supernatural kingdom dynamic begins to follow me all the days of my life and continues to, to bless me in every area of my life, even though I don't deserve it, even though I don't, you know, uh, uh, I've not been able to do the things that I feel are necessary to even accomplish what Christ has given to me. 
You see, there's this, there's this, this, this life and death. There's this fear in faith. There's this reasoning, and and there's the 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 uh, supernatural here. And you've got to understand that you can't use your own carnal mind to do anything other than say, you know what? I am no longer my own. I've been bought with a price. In fact, this body belongs to God. It is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I read you a scripture a few weeks ago that was found in Galatians 6.17 where Paul says, from now on, let no one trouble me for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? I, I, I'm taking this thing on. I am not going to allow myself to continue to allow the sinful nature to rule me and to distract me from the finished work of Jesus Christ in my life want to read a couple more scriptures here. Actually, just, just one more here, I, I think. We'll, we'll close with this. It's a bit long, but we'll stop along the way. This is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 through 25. It said, let love, or allow, remember that allowing, allowing the presence of God, allowing the Spirit of God, allowing Jesus, you know, to, to really influence your life. It says, let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities that the Spirit of God will give to you. Especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will, you, you will only be talking to God. Since people won't be able to understand you. Now speaking in tongues is a gift of the Spirit of God, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you received, hallelujah, the gifts of the Spirit. And one of the gifts of the Spirit is to be able to speak in tongues. Now, speaking in tongues is in a, in a language that only God can understand. And He gives that to us so that we can talk to Him, so that we can actually pray His perfect will. But uh, if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, which is an incredible thing. Since people won't be able to understand you, you will only be speaking by the power of, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will be mysterious, right? It says, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks the word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. You've got to understand, there are uh, nine distinct gifts in the Word of God, and he's talking about two of them here. Here, He's talking about one is, hey, uh, speaking in tongues, praying to God in an unknown language, praying the perfect will to the Father, and then he's talking about a different gift, which is the gift of prophecy. And the gift of prophecy is going to bless others. Now, you got to keep that in mind as we keep going through here, but what I want you to understand is, is that the speaking in tongues is one thing, but prophecy is another. He says, I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy, for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues, unless, one, unless someone interprets what you're saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. Now, there is a third gift, right? There is speaking in tongues, there is prophecy, and then he just revealed another one here, which is the interpretation of tongues, which means that someone could interpret someone speaking in tongues. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in unknown language, how could that help you? 
But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching that will be helpful. Even lifeless instruments like the flute and the harp must play the notes clearly. No one will reckon or no one will recognize the melody. If a bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know to be called to battle? It is the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, they will know well, how will they know what you're saying? You might as well be speak, uh, talking to empty space. There are many different languages in the world, the Bible says. And it goes on throughout this entire scripture that talks about the importance of and the distinctions between the gifts of the Spirit. Now, where am I going with all this? What I want you to really begin to understand, you can read this all the way through uh, 1 Corinthians 14, but what I really want you to understand is, is that the, there are gifts associated with the power and the presence and the control of the Spirit. I don't uh, know anything to prophesy except what the Spirit of God will tell me to prophesy. And when I prophesy something, I can prophesy it in tongues. That could be interpreted uh, by uh, another person, or it could even be interpreted by myself. I can even pray to God through these incredible gifts. And as I pray to God, I can actually interpret what I'm actually uh, praying to God as well. So there, what I want you to really begin to understand here is that there are incredible gifts. Now imagine, if you could, uh, uh, an unbeliever coming into a congregation and seeing the gift of prophecy uh, begin to unfold, and particularly maybe even about them. That could really change or influence that person to really start to recognize that, wow, there is something powerful here. How could that person know that? If I could tell you the number of times that people have come to me and said, oh, Pastor Paul, that message was just for me. I don't have to say, thus says the Lord, to prophesy. What I need to do is, 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 is speak the word. What I need to do is be encouraging. What I need to do is, is, is share the fruits of the Spirit. What I need to do is give my life over to the control or the influence of the Holy Spirit. And out of that, I will be able to minister to others in supernatural ways. I want you, too, to be able to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I want you, too, to be able to be able to speak in tongues, to prophesy, to lay hands on the sick, to interpret, you know, to perform miracles. I want you to experience those things. And all of those gifts come by the Spirit of God, which has been given to you through the supernatural power of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. I want to make sure every person watching has the opportunity to receive this incredible gift, this incredible, powerful, supernatural anointing from Christ himself to you to institute the power of the Holy Spirit in you where you can begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit yourself. So let's say this prayer together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. And may the gifts of the Spirit be alive in me. Even as I pray this now, I give you control over my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please let someone know. 
I'd be happy to be that person if you want to come to one of our Sunday services. We're offering services both at 9 and 10.30. Pastor Barr will have a message just for you, but I would like to invite you to tell me that you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you came back to Christ uh, as a result of saying that prayer we said a moment ago, or that you are now a willing vessel to give the Holy Spirit control over your life so you can operate in the gifts of the Spirit as well. Until I see you next time, God bless you all, and have a merry, merry Christmas.